Welcome to Design Thinking Games, a gaming and user experience podcast. Card-carrying UXers Tim Broadwater and Michael Schofield examine the player experience of board games, pen and paper role-playing games, live action games, and video games. Play through the backlog on your podcatcher of choice and on the web at designthinkinggames.com. Yeah, so as you know, um, uh, Design Thinking Games went to PAX, um, PAX East specifically, which was in Boston. It was the April, it was kind of the April 21st to the 24th. Um, It was a lot of fun, super fun time. Um, And I know that probably some of our listeners have never been to like a Gen Con or an Origins or a PAX. Um, So just what I wanted to say is that you know, if you don't know what PAX is, it's it's the Penny Arcade Expo and it's um, a con or a convention for gaming and all types of gaming. It's tabletop, arcade, video gaming, everything, right? It started like in 2004 and then um, I think it only was, you know, kind of in Seattle or it had limited locations. But then due to the popularity like I think in 2010, 12 years ago, they actually got PAX East, which is in Boston, which is the second closest one to me. Yeah. The most closest one to me is PAX Unplugged, which just started last year during COVID, and it is only tabletop board games, no video games. That one's exciting. Yes, and I think we've talked about possibly going to that this yeah. year. Um, um, but anyways, I digress. Um, it's like 67 or 70,000 people like who go. It is huge, right? And um, it has all these cool things. Like it has tournaments. It has LAN parties. There's panels and that you can talk to with game developers and cosplayers and famous like streamers on Twitch. There's music concerts. When I went before, I got to see the double clicks. <laughs> and I, you know, and the... Um, the mini bosses, which was awesome, um, and then they have the uh, the Omegathon, which is probably what they're most known for, which is like the con long competition that they do. Yeah, and so the Omegathon is like a festival long competition that I think traditionally like they had like one person is randomly selected, but I think you can do teams now. And so you, they don't tell you the games. It's like you sign up with three teammates and you, they could have you playing Tetris and then you're playing Street Fighter and then you're playing Halo and then you're playing like um, uh, Monopoly or like whatever. I mean, they will throw any type of game at you and the people who do the best win the Omegathon and they get to choose like whatever packs they want to go to next year. They get free tickets. Um, PAX is also one of these kind of like Gen Con or Origins that it sells out like right within like 15 minutes, like all the tickets are gone, you know, so it's kind of in demand. And then one of the other things that's unique to PAX is also the enforcers. It's the volunteers who work for it. They get like free admission to go um, and they, so it's kind of, but they volunteer to work and they're like super helpful. They guide you to where you need to go. You know, they, um, they help like corral people in waiting lines for panels and stuff. So, uh, so it's a whole thing. Um, so uh, when Design Thinking Games was there, you know, we s- kind of spent time talking to an indie tabletop games and indie 
uh, video games. So people who were there specifically to crew, to make a booth, to they could be doing alpha or beta testing for their board game or video game, or they are plugging something that is just about to go into Kickstarter or it's currently in Kickstarter, or, you know, they're giving like a preview of a game that will be out soon. And that's the stuff I'm interested in. I mean, there are like the big booths there. They have like, you know, Nintendo and, and Sony and Microsoft and discord and Twitch. I mean, like there's big booths, but I love going after, and seeing like the indie stuff. And so that's what um, I wanted to kind of bring back and share with our listeners and you. Um, Sound good? Are you game? I'm game. This is super exciting. Yeah, so um, we can start with indie video games. Um, One of the ones that, um, uh, one of the ones that I got to speak to uh, or and see um, was Aaron's Gift. it is a game that is by Inktail Studios, and it is a beautifully like hand-painted game that I think just um, two people have created, and they had a booth there. So this is Inktail Studios. This is our first game, Aaron's Gift, that we're showing. And we put together about a 15 to 30 minute demo where you can kind of get a feel for the atmosphere and the style that we're going for. It's an original hand-painted, hand-placed 2D action-adventure game. And it's made by me and Kristen. Kristen does all of the art and the music, and I do the programming and animation. This is our first time at PAX East ever. We've done PAX West, which was formerly PAX Prime. Still in pre-alpha, I would say, a lot more developing months in the future. And uh, we're shooting for maybe 10 to 12 months down the road for a release on PlayStation, Steam, and Switch. It's a very story driven game so you got to get to know the environment the characters and sort of the ambiance from exploring the world and there are plenty of rpg elements but that's not the core of the game you're not going to upgrade through a bunch of skill trees you're going to upgrade about three major items and collect three major spirit stones which give you most of your abilities throughout the game the steam wish list really means a lot it kind of gives us a metric about when we can release safely without totally blowing it. Or Discord is a great place to follow our development process. And our website, inktailstudios.com, is great. You can contact us there anytime, join the email list. Wow. Yeah, so you can see, yeah, that it is truly like everything is hand painted. Like everything is it is animated. gorgeous, man. Yeah, it's so pretty. Also, super interesting. You know, one of the things I don't know that is a or you or we've seen at least uh a lot at the, you know, the double A or triple A space is that you know, these kind of like smaller creators kind of experiment with the notion of the game uh or you know the the mechanics of the game where like what he was saying about how this isn't there are rpg elements but it's not the point right the point of this is to tell a good story to Mm -hmm. you know to role play that's super interesting yeah and there is um they had a tutorial set up for you to kind of play like kind of 15 minutes just to kind of 
you know, check it out. But I would say, you know, this is something for, you know, we've talked about narrative in the past on the podcast. This is something that if you are looking for a story driven game, get your eyes on um, Aaron's gift. And I think one of the things I didn't realize until I started interacting with going to game cons and the gaming community and the game culture and kind of all of this is that um, not only are you trying to build your following and getting your backers you know, by going to cons and demoing your games, but you can also, a lot of people like for video games, use the discord space to connect players to developers. And so you can actually kind of communicate, release, answer questions, you know, um, have that interaction there, which I wasn't even aware of, you know, Um, maybe because I'm more aligned to like, tabletop games how those are you know backed at cons but not so much video games design thinking games is a proud affiliate of hunt a killer enter the world of hunt a killer in their newest murder mystery season mallory rock This realistic murder mystery game delivers high-quality, handcrafted evidence that brings a fictional case to life. Can you solve a mystery with Hunt a Killer? Go to designthinkinggames.com slash huntakiller or click on the banner at the bottom of our website. Yeah, so... Very cool. Another one that I saw there was interesting. It's called uh, Dead Cells. Um, And Dead Cells is interesting because it was made years ago by the game studio Motion Twin, and it was successful. But Motion Twin kind of wanted to move on. But they partnered with another gaming studio called Evil Empire Studios. (laughs) And so Evil Empire Studios is like, no, this game kicks ass. We're going to keep releasing content and making DLC and adding to the game. And so the original people... Um, some of them are involved, um, but then some of them wanted to continue working on other games. Um, and so, yeah, so this is what, um, the, the person I talked to from Evil Empire Studios said about Dead Cells. So me personally, I'm Matt, I'm the marketing manager for, for Dead Cells. So we're actually Evil Empire, um, who took over Dead Cells from Motion Twin uh, three years ago. Uh, Motion Twin is the guys who made Dead Cells originally, and they wanted to move on to a new project. So we're taking care of it. They were taking creative control, and we kind of work symbiotically, I guess. Uh, I joined the company just before COVID hit, so I never got the chance. So this is like quite important packs to me. Uh, I'm loving it so far as well. It's great. And so the game is Dead Cells. It's, uh, they call it a roguevania, which means it's a roguelite with elements of metroidvania, exploration, gatekeeping. Um, so it's basically elevator pitch is buttery smooth combat, super fast pace, 150 weapons. Uh, you're going to die a lot, but you'll improve and grow your skills. Yeah, so this, what we're showcasing now is the Queen in the CDLC, which came out a few months ago. We've also got our latest update which introduces a new level called the Bank which appears randomly in your run and we've also got some uh, preview of our next update which is all about accessibility. So there's options to outline the player, outline the enemies, reduce particle effects, um, change the colors. Um, We also have an assist mode which lets you adjust enemy health, damage, trap speed. You 
can even add a continue. So we're basically trying to allow everyone to tailor the game to suit them, basically, so they can enjoy it for themselves. The places we most regularly post is on Steam, but if they don't have Steam, we're always on posting on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, all the usual. We've got a Discord. If people are curious about the game, they can follow that. We always do announcements whenever we've got an update coming out or an alpha test, beta test people can take part in. So those are usually good ways. How cool that they are leaning hard on the accessibility aspect as a product seller or a differentiator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, for me, you are kind of right because it is, I love Metroidvania style <laughs> games, as you know. I look at this, it looks, it looks like it has, it has like Tim, like all over it. <laughs> but what you don't get with metroidvania style games which i love like the side scrolling going back and like figuring out and like oh i just got this item now i can go back to before and now i can do this thing is the roguelike element you always know like with metroidvania style games like oh when i go back to the the fountain there's always going to be this monster here but no like with the roguelike game like it's different it's randomly generated which is very cool. I think that's really cool. You know, and of course, you know, as as an engineer, I I'm sort of thinking about um, how impressive that uh, that code base might might must be, right? Because it's one thing to have a roguelike, a ro- a roguelike, a roguelike like a roguelike that is um, you know randomly generated uh, with the intention or the assumption that the player is always moving forward. Mm-hmm. But with Castlevanias or I guess Metrovanias, you're right. Like the whole idea is that there are things to unlock back where you came from. There are things you can't even access until you get a certain item or level up to a certain point. And um, I'm super interested to see like how this is actually like designed in terms of that, uh, that replayability with the, you know, know, like knowing that it was totally procedurally generated. So um how dope. Yeah, and the original studio being involved and having creative creative control, but like allowing DLC to kind of come out also so cool, the game right? doesn't die. Like, yeah, and it was popular, man. Like there were people waiting in line to play because if they played and did well, they would get a free copy of the game. Oh, they gamified so, it? Nice. <laughs> yeah. So very cool. A well-designed war game is hard to make, but if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you know we stand hell let loose. This realistic, immersive World War II shooter that not only requires that you play well, but that your squad plays well together. And well with other squads. There's no HUD, there are no scopes, one shot and you're down if you can't fortify, flank, and suppress as a team, you lose. And because of that, in my opinion, Hell Let Loose deserves many game awards. If that rings true and you want to help the show, consider downloading it through Gamersgate. No, not that Gamersgate. The Gamersgate that came before the controversy that hijacked the name. Gamersgate is the world's largest online store for PC and Mac games, more than 4,500 of them. And if you download Hell Let Loose or another game through designthinkinggames.com gamersgate, it'll help us keep the lights on. I'll see you on the beach.
and then one of the last, like, um, I think I talked to a bunch of people there and it's just like, there's so much, right. But one of the last ones that I wanted to bring up is, um, rescue pets. And I think I talked to you a little bit about this before, but essentially it is, um, mobile games for Android and iOS, but the proceeds from the games go to actually help dog shelters in the real world. Well, my name's Dan Scalise from Scalise Co. And we make games that uh, donate to animal shelters. Yeah, I've been to PAX before. Um, this is my fourth one, actually. Yeah, so our first game's Rescue Pets. And, uh, you know, I basically, I used to work at Amazon as a software developer, and I didn't, I just wasn't feeling uh, fulfilled. And so I said, mobile games make so much money. What if we could use that money to give back to the greater good? You know, and I, so I made rescue pets. You get this corgi, you adopt him, you uh, grow a home for him and grow an animal shelter with him. And uh, you get cute costumes and stuff like that. And um, money you spend in the game or any ads you watch go towards uh, helping different animal shelters. Yeah, so 20% of everything we make, our revenue, um, from ads and at purchases or our merch, like the corgi butt pins we have, um, they go to Dog on Seattle. And we rotate different shelters every now and then, but Dog on Seattle we've donated uh, over $6,000 to. So we just released Rock Miner, and it's a brand new game. Um, where it's 3D, you're a corgi, you get on a truck, and you just start crushing rocks and find animals trapped in the mines, and you save them, and now you can start playing as them, too. Well, you can find us on social media at Rescue Pets Game, um, on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and then um, scalisco.com is, is our website. That's S-C-A-L-I-S-C-O.com. Um, yeah. Were there a lot of games out there that you saw that were um, that where like the mission was a big selling point, uh, like rescue pets and as a way to donate and help actual animal shelters, um, dead cells with like the accessibility on front end? Was this like a th- did, did you notice this like uh, in great and like, I don't know. Was this noticeable at all at this PAX East or? Um, well, I think it's noticeable with indie games, right? Sure. Like, so if you're not a big studio, I mean, you're kind of in it for whatever reason you're in it, you know? And so um, some are people who want to make a game that they love, wow. you know, to play where some are like, no, let's take proceeds to help a, you know, kind of a cause or some are just like, I love my, like we have great art that we want to weave into a game. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and so I think it's kind of all over the place. And that's kind of what I love about the indie games. And then if you have not, like if <laughs> if you do not know this game and and our listeners, you know, definitely go check it out because I don't know if you saw the Corgi butt pillows. I love it. Or I, the pillows. That, that's what my, uh, I, I just took a screenshot of it. Like as I was uh, scrolling through the website. I love yeah, it. And it's like any part of their proceeds, like a part of a percentage of their proceeds goes. So, uh, I mean, that's to help, you know, kind of animal shelters. And the game itself is like an uh, animal sim shelter. Like you rescue yeah. a pet and you make an animal shelter and you find homes for them. And so uh, it's very cool. Like I love the, yeah. it. Yeah. I haven't loved a game by default, um, having not even played it um, in a minute. So, man, they uh, they definitely target you straight in the heart. This is a good one. Yeah. And the, 
yeah so very cool um and then while i was there like one part of the so the boston convention center is divided into two sections right so one whole section is literally what they call the vendor mart and that's like the video game side that is only open for a certain time of day and then it closes down. But until midnight is the tabletop space because people are playing video, you know, tabletop games all the way till till yeah, uh, yeah. the witching hour. <laughs> and and uh, so on the te- on so on the other side, I got to talk to a couple of different game um, uh, developers and studios. And one of the coolest ones I got to talk to was uh, this uh, game called Aegis and I've never heard of it before and it's on its second release or season two um, and I didn't even catch it the first time around uh, but it is literally like multiplayer Voltron oh yeah so my name is Breeze Grigas I'm the head of Zephyr Workshop based out of Seattle slash Boston and uh, we make Aegis combining robots um, Aegis is a 20 minute tactics game it, uh, you have a team of 5 robots your opponent has a team of 5 robots you fight it goes 2 to 6 players there's 5 different kinds of robot assault, evasive guard, intel support spells Aegis these types of robots are color coded um, and you can put robots of different colors together including all 5 of the robots on your team to make Voltron so it's all about team building and things there's like 100 unique robots in the box bunch of different game modes Uh, yeah 100 robots in the box and with this new box that we're making for the sequel there's 100 more robots so yeah so yeah we uh, Aegis launched in like 2018 2019 and we sold through all of it and now we're returning to Kickstarter to reprint that first box and also we're doing a whole new second box called Aegis Second Ignition or Aegis 2 or Aegis Season 2 we just call it all of those things but yeah it's a whole new box that's cross compatible with the first one and it has like every all the content inside is new and streamlined and good so your robots share energy points with each other like your action points and if you reduce your opponent to like after a there's a point where once your opponent can't make enough energy they'll lose or if you blow up all your opponent's uh, robots they'll lose and we've also introduced some new um, game modes in the new box where instead of just doing a straight up death match you just blow your robots infinitely respawn but you're trying to like accrue points instead so it becomes like more of a gamified game sort of thing. Uh, yeah, uh, check out Pocket Paragons. It's a five-minute dueling game. We have a box. We have an. Ex- there's a standalone expansion box for that game with Aegis characters on it. That's the only thing I could sell you because her game's out of print. Uh, look for our, for the first Aegis game on eBay. Uh, please back our Kickstarter. <laughs> then when it comes out, the sign-up page is up now. So you just click the green button, find it. Aegis two. Probably go to Zephyr Workshop where there are uh, lots of links to our Kickstarter page. You can search it up on Board Game Geek. You can find us on Twitter uh, at Zephyr Workshop. Damn. What a cool game. And also, I like <laughs> I like how like, like, like lackadaisical the guy was about the marketing. It's like, yeah, yeah, look, oh, we're literally everywhere. <laughs> oh, did you see a picture of the inside of that box and how many pieces are in there oh my god oh i the game was there you could play oh my the, demo of the game at, at pax and then um i can't believe it was out already and it's like i'd never even heard of it and now they and it's had cross compatibility it's played with other you know it's kind of been featured and plugged yeah. in other games like he said but then like you have five robots and you can have many players and you can control robots and build them together and fight and you share an energy pool and that energy pool lets you do special attacks and moves <laughs> and 
Super cool. Super cool. It is super cool. Oh, man. I don't know who didn't grow up on Voltron or like later, like Power Rangers and all that. Or Transformers. Or Transformers. Yeah, even like yeah. they had all the different types of bots that would build bigger bots. How yeah. cool, so, dude. Super cool. Yeah. Design Thinking Games is an affiliate of Space Engineers. Space Engineers is a sandbox game about engineering, construction, exploration, and survival in space and on planets. To find out more about Space Engineers or its new DLC, Warfare 2, go to designthinkinggames.com slash spaceengineers, or just go to our website and click on the banner. Yeah, so one of the other games, um, this is a, not specifically a game, but a game studio that I thought was cool, like Lay Waste Games. Oh, interesting. Um, I talked to one of the people. They have multiple games that are out there, but they actually had, um, whereas like, you know, with um, Aegis and Zephyr Workshop, they're like, oh, we had a game that already came out and here's a Kickstarter that we, you know, we let's please back us now because we're all, the Kickstarter's active. This was a, a game studio that kind of took a hit like during not a hit, but kind of was kind of set back a little bit because of COVID. And so I actually got to talk to, um, you know, one of the people from their booth. So uh, my name is Jake Given, uh, one of the co-founders of Lay Waste Games. Uh, we're the creators of a few games, uh, most like uh, most Notably, probably, is the, uh, the Dragoon uh, light, uh, series of games where you play as dragons destroying and dominating humans. So the first Kickstarter we did for Dragoon would have been back in 2015. So I guess we're coming on seven years uh, that we've uh, been a studio. Uh, so we're, we're excited to be able to, to promote Life Siphon, uh, which is our most recent game that is currently available. Um, that launched and was available right before the pandemic hit. So we lost a lot of... <laughs> A lot of ability to show it off at conventions and, and promote it that way so we're really excited about that but we have uh, a new game as well that we're starting to demo show around before we do, uh, do the full kickstarter later this summer this is our hometown we started here in boston uh we love pax east it's it's our favorite convention to go to so we're really excited to be back so uh, our website is laywastegames.com uh, you can also find us at twitter at uh at laywastegames and uh hit us up we're always happy to talk to people Yo, their Dragoon pieces for their gold edition uh, are amazing. I love them. Yeah, the pieces for Life Siphon, I'm assuming it's wood. Like It looks um, like wood, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful games. And then um, they had like a bunch of different ones out there. For a minute when I passed them, I was like, oh, this is just a store that's selling games. And it's like, no, these it's a Layways Games is a studio and these are our games. So it was kind of neat. Um and so, yeah, there are super cool artifacts for each one of their games. Then that's the thing that kind of stuck out to me the most between Dragoon and Life Siphon and, and Human Era. They're just very creatively crafted. They have these cool things that are on the table that you kind of want to interact with and click with and move around, you know, and that's what uh, is neat. So I would uh, it was interesting talking to them because, you know, Board games is something we don't typically think of, you know, that's like 
you have to be there in person to play. And as online gaming kind of like, I think went through the roof probably and streaming went through the roof during COVID. It's like, well, what, what about the board game love? So that's kind of neat. Yeah, that's interesting. It'd be fun to chat with them. Uh, just kind of about that. It's uh, how cool though. Their art, um, their art style pervades each of their games. Mm-hmm. And they're all stylistically different. Like how Human Era looks versus Dragoon yeah. versus Life Siphon. Very cool. And there's also like I talk to tons of different people and hopefully maybe we can have some on in the future or like feature them in their newsletter. Um, but I think the last one that I was talking to um, was uh, a guy who made a game called Reap. And then you have to know, I mean, you probably know of it. And everyone who's listening probably knows of Drinking Quest. It's yeah, probably one of yeah. the most popular <laughs> games. I'm Jason Anarchy and my studio is Jason Anarchy Games. Uh, I've been making games for the past 10 years. Uh, my first game was Drinking Quest, the original drinking RPG in 2011. Um, I just saved up $6,000 and I was working a, a fine job, but it was, you know, I wasn't passionate about it. And I'm like, uh, you know, fuck it. I'm just gonna, just gonna print a run of games and see what happens. And then I ran a Facebook ad and it took off pretty quickly and I've been kind of running on that momentum ever since. And I quit that day job. I've been at every PAX East since I think 2013. It's, uh, it's consistently been my favorite con to do. There are a lot of good ones. PAX East is my favorite. It just checks off all the boxes. I can drive here from Toronto. It's a, you know, it's a day road trip to get here, but I don't need to fly. Uh, it's laid out well. Um, it's exciting for me. I like a lot of the things here, uh, and it's run really well. I, I think the organizers do a great job. Yeah, two new games. Yeah, one of them is Reap, a game where everyone's a grim reaper, and they're trying to reap souls. But it's also really silly, and it's got really stylish artwork from Kelly Basto. They're all, like, ridiculous-looking watercolor reapers. Um, and they all have, like, a theme, like there's Taco Reaper and, uh, you know, Contemplating Life Reaper and, uh, you know, Wi-Fi Reaper, things like that. But at its core, it's actually a really strategic game where you're moving these Reaper meeples around and you're uh, secretly bidding on Reap, Sweep, or Keep uh, to try and get those souls. So, yeah, that's coming out next month, and we've got an early copy here we're showing off. Uh, and then also... Uh, I mentioned Drinking Quest, the original drinking RPG earlier. That's been out of print for a little while, but my new game, Drinking Quest Six Pack, puts the first six Drinking Quest games into one big box. Uh, many of them are now out of print, and they will be available again. Uh, and it's big and beautiful and colorful and uh, loaded with content. Uh, JasonAnarchyGames.com, uh, links to all my stuff. If you want to check it out, I, I tweet a lot. I'm at Drinking Quest on Twitter, Jason Anarchy Games on Facebook. Uh, I'm just Jason Anarchy on Instagram. Uh, Twitter gets all my, like, just throwaway comedy content. I'm always tweeting about how great my biceps are, uh, different bicep oils that I use. Just, you know, all my shower thoughts go there. But all my quality material, all my really good stuff goes into my games. <laughs> bicep oils. Also, I wanted to, like, pull out... Um, Reap meeples. <laughs> Talk about a guy who has like just good idea after good idea after good idea. Um, yeah, this Jason Anarchy Games, if you're not familiar with it, wow. um, oh my gosh, dude, like Drinking Quest six pack, like 
heck the game your friend is sad <laughs> like reap uh dude th- there was one that people were playing there which is um your friend is sad and it's like cards you play to cheer up your friends and oh stuff my like god so it's like all over the place yeah. like there's not like you know what i mean it's a bunch of jason anarchy games has like a myriad of different types of games there which was very cool and it was nice to talk to him. the guy's hilarious too and he's very humble and to think that he just you know like uh saved up six grand and decided to blow it all away and this could have turned out really poorly um oh yeah man. drinking quest sells itself right? so admirable <laughs> well that's what i was talking about i've been like how much money like uh like all these ideas are fascinating reap is 100 percent on brand for me <laughs> so like i'm uh i'm 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 just in awe of this guy i'm gonna follow him on twitter immediately yeah, and I think um, because it was a little bit ago, um, you can get Reap now. I think Reap so you is can out. actually buy it. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's only been like eh, maybe less than a month or like a little less than a month, but yeah, Reap is available, so you can definitely get it. And it it definitely is cool, very cool looking game, uh, very cool premise. Grim Reapers fighting against other Grim Reapers, you know, to for souls. Man, so. yeah, like uh. Just, you know, kind of like looking back through like Dead Cells and even Rescue Pets, Aegis, um, and, you know, like the, uh, the, the Inktail, like the Inktail game. Yeah, Aaron's gift. Like the, like, the art is frameable. This is so, so fascinating. Um, how neat. I've never wanted to go to a convention so bad. And, you know, like, I come out of like higher ed, right? So my my biggest convention was the American Library Association. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, man, this looks like so much fun. And it, you know, I don't know, like these the the folks at least the level you're talking to could be you or me or any you know like just like anyone who has a little bit of a a dream and a and a risk tolerance. Yeah, that's the humbling thing about it is like you can t- and this is what I like is like when you go and you see like here's Sony, here's Nintendo. They brought they bought like six slots of, of like booths and then you see like the indie game section. It's like we bought one table. That's all we can afford because we're just trying to get. Oh, my God. Our game out there. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I, I can't even imagine like what a table costs. And I, so anyways, when I see it, I mean, these are like real people who kickstarted, who are just play testing and they are the nicest people. It's inspiring. The indie game people are the, yeah, they're the coolest people you want to talk to. They're down to earth. They'll tell you how they did it. Um, if you got a game idea, they'll be like, yeah, share it with me. You know, like <laughs> it's the gaming community is very supportive and very, um, you know, very humble. Yeah, yeah. In, in my cool. experience. Well, awesome, man. What a journey. That was the indie game kind of experience at PAX. I as I would if anyone kind of follows us on Twitter or TikTok, there was a lot of content that I think went out there um, about PAX because I got to meet the stream queens, which is awesome. They're like a collective of of trans and uh, drag and drag queen kind of streamers on twitch they had a panel that was cool um there's a i got to uh see a lot of really cool cosplay and some of that's up on our social media so um and then you know our plan is 
Um, some people know from our social media that we backed GooseCon, which is a new con in Ohio, a gaming convention that actually now is happening. And so I think we'll maybe have some presence there. I'm not sure how that's going to work out. But we've also talked about um, going to more conventions mm-hmm. uh, in the future, playing games and kind of doing some coverage, talking to indie game developers. And so maybe another PAX or Gen Con or Origins. I don't know. I would just say stay tuned. What a journey, man. Uh, if you dug this episode, just let us know. Give us a like, heart, or follow um, on your podcatchers of choice. Subscribe if you aren't to Design Thinking Games. We are on Twitter and TikTok and Twitch as Design Thinking Games. And if you heard potentially like a really excellent uh, ad spot that Tim or I designed, you too could have one of these. We are fairly affordable <laughs> and uh, and uh, I'm just excited to help people um, uh, elevate their voices a little bit. So consider uh, supporting us any way you can uh, or on patreon.com slash design thinking games. See you guys on the flip side. Thank you for listening to the Design Thinking Games podcast. You only have so much time, and it means a lot you shared it with us. To connect with your hosts, Michael or Tim, visit Design Thinking Games on TikTok, Twitch, and Twitter. DMs are open. You can also check out designthinkinggames.com where you can request topics, ask questions, or see what else is going on. Until next time, game on. Game on.